We're recording. Oh, shit. We're recording? Yeah. Damn. We're in a new studio, Chelsea. You sound so good. Oh, wow. Guys, do y'all hear this? I hear it. I hear it because we have headphones. Isn't that crazy? That's right. Yeah, we never had headphones before. We're like a real podcast thing now. (laughs) (laughs) We're, we're, I don't know what we are. Welcome to the Horrorist (laughs) Podcast. I'm Matt. (laughs) And I'm Chelsea. Every week we bring you the horror movies that you should be watching. Yes, we do. We'll probably catch a lot of flack for this week, honestly. I don't know. And, you know, honestly, if we do, I hope, honestly, I hope we can change some minds is what I'm hoping. Uh, so how was your, uh, how, how's it been, Chelsea? It's been a while since we recorded last. It has because yeah. we recorded a backlog right. and we've been releasing everything and things have been really good. Same. Things have been great. We're moving to Tennessee. You're moving part-time. to Tennessee part time. You're leaving me <laughs> for two weeks out of every month. Yep. Because we have to work and yeah. That's annoying. Work is annoying. I, Actually, I love it, my job. Oh, I don't say, and I don't think your work is annoying. I think the fact that my two best friends are leaving me is annoying. Who's your other best friend? I don't. You. Oh. You and Chad, weirdo. Oh. <laughs> Oh, you're, going, you're you're taking one of my friends with you. Damn. You jerk. Well, it's not like we see you, but once a week, anyways. I know. If that well, recently, uh, that is a new developing thing in my life. I work seventy hours a week now. I was the, the past two weeks. And However, now you can just drive up and stay at our house true. and and record from like the second studio thing that we're gonna have. And we're 20 minutes outside of Nashville, so yep. we can just go party there. Oh, so you want me to drive up to Nashville Yes. every no. other week no. to record with you? No, not every other week. Maybe alternating months, like visitations? Maybe. I could do it on Sundays, for sure. There you go. So drive up Saturday night and stay Sunday and refresh your Tinder. And All right, that's true. It's new Tinder territory. New Tinder, new uh, new Tinder territory. Alliteration. How's that working out for you? <laughs> I'm already bad with my R's. <laughs> wheelie, oh, <man>. wheelie. <laughs> Anything cool happen this week, Chelsea? This week, no, unless I'm missing something. But last week, my spawn turned five. Your spawn? Yes, my my crotch goblin. <laughs> she turned five, and she's smarter than me. Oh man, she is so great. I love her to death, mm-hmm. though. But my dad kidnapped her, so she's been in Atlanta, and I miss her terribly. So I'm excited to go get her tomorrow. And 9-11 happened a couple days ago. Well, it happened 19 years ago. But, yeah, the anniversary. Yeah, happened. whatever. Semantics. Um, and I realizing how many people that I know don't know what 9-11 is, and they weren't alive for it. Well, yeah, I most it's high schoolers crazy. and like a lot of eighteen year olds. <laughs> like there are adults now that, that, that don't that weren't alive for nine eleven. They know what it is, but we have a lot of early twenties friends who were alive for it, but right, they, but were they were like super young yeah. and don't remember it. Yeah. I was I remember it. Yeah. I was in second grade and they turned it on. Oh my god, you right. were so young. True I forget story. That. I was in fifth grade. I don't feel it, Chelsea. I don't feel young. You I feel very old. Well, you're also working. My back hurts. <laughs> <laughs> but do I have some money? No, I don't. But I was about to say, so you have money, but you don't have don't any have way money. to spend it because you're working 70 hours a week. I don't have money either. I just, I just, I just work and then some, <laughs> something happens to it. 
bills. That's yeah. I have too. a house and I have a car, and then my money goes away. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, that's about how it yeah, works. True. You're an adult. I'm so Man, proud it sucks. Of you. I hate being an adult. <laughs> I know it gets it gets better. I can drink though, so that's cool. That's what makes that's it what, all better. That's what makes it all better. But yet, marijuana is still not legal. Oh hmm. well, doesn't matter. I did not do anything that cool this week because uh, I, I worked twelve hour days every day. Uh, next week, though, uh, in like seven days exactly, I'm going up to Atlanta to get tattooed. Ooh, yeah, I'm, it's the only thing I have to look forward to right now. What you uh, getting? Who you seeing? I'm going up to Atlanta to get tattooed by Ryan Stark. Oh, nice. I don't know his shop name. I probably should have looked that up beforehand. But Ryan Stark's a very old friend of ours, mm-hmm. and uh, he used to live in Columbus. And then he moved to Savannah, and then him and his band moved to Atlanta. He's in a band called um, Rude Dude and the Creek Freaks. They're super cool. Like I don't know, like weirdo psycho psychedelic shit. I don't know if he would, and I don't know if he would like that uh, description. But I don't know. It's kind of like that. It was positive. Yeah, it's good. Your review was positive. Exactly. You said a really cool band, so you could have been like, he's in a really shit band <laughs> called yeah. this. But he also tattoos, and he's uh, doing Dracula on my Ooh. arm. I'm starting my horror sleeve. That's going to look great. That's he's going to kill work- that. He is. I'm doing all black traditional, and he's going to absolutely knock it out of the park. Ooh. So I'm very excited to get that done. But yeah, that's all I have that's cool in my life besides <laughs> besides, besides doing this. Aw. <laughs> yeah. You could always help us move. You can take a road trip. I don't have time, Chelsea. Oh, yeah, you work. I forgot. <laughs> 70 I mean, hours. Too, but Well, fuck it. So what movie are we talking about today, Chelsea? We are talking about The Green Inferno, Eli Roth's Green Inferno. Yes, we are. Directed by Eli Roth. I saw your buddy in the producer's credits, Jason Blum. Yep. Yeah, so it was produced by Blumhouse, uh, as, as well as uh, High Top Productions, I think is what it's called. The Green Inferno is a 2013 film from Eli Roth. I like that you had to reiterate that it was Eli Roth's uh, Green Inferno because uh, it was the fake movie that uh, they were filming in the movie Cannibal Holocaust. It was, but the movie poster says Eli Roth's Green Inferno. Oh, yeah, because, I mean, come on. He made it. Well, I like you came back and you you just came at me and said I like how you said uh Eli no, Roth I, I was not I wasn't being sarcastic. I was making a joke that you did have to like specify that it was Eli Roth's Green Inferno because there's another Green Inferno that's not a real movie that was made in Cannibal Holocaust. Oh, <laughs> I got gotcha. you. Yeah, I, I was I, yeah, I, got I was trying to be funny or something. Oh. It's actually one of the biggest movies that we've uh covered. So, we have pretty hard line numbers for all of this. Uh the budget was five million, which is the Blumhouse number. I don't know if you know this, but like Jason Blum refuses to spend over five million on a movie. He'd rather make five five million dollar movies than one twenty five million dollar movie because he, I, he. I guess it's just a business thing for him. He's a very good uh, businessman. I don't know. You know, I, I have mixed feelings over his quality, but you've not been the biggest. I'm not. Blumhouse I'm not. A, I'm not not a fan of him. I just. I don't like that rule all that much like i really do wish that he would allow well blumhouse puts out like 20 movies a year that's the point that's kind of the i don't know i feel like that has it plays a detriment into the fall of horror movies in the past 10 years putting that five million dollar cap on anything or putting a, a cap on money or any kind of cap on anything artistic is choosing quantity over quality 
inherently, so. inherently it is. I'm not saying the quality is not there. And I'm not saying that $5 million isn't enough to uh, make a good content, but it's a weird thing to keep yourself, a weird box to keep yourself in, in my opinion. Fair enough. I'm recalling a different podcast interview with Travis because we did Midnight Man right. last week with last Travis. Week. And I was listening to the movie Crypt in the episode that Travis was on and they were discussing budgets and stuff like that. And Travis said, you know, it's part of the creative process. Something's really cool. He was like, I don't care if there's no budget or not. I just want them to be upfront with it because we can still make magic happen with no budget. He's like, I'd rather you tell me I have a dollar to spend and I need, you know, five coffee cups and I go to the store and, you know, try to find a buy four, get one free coffee cup or something like that. But I can make it happen if I know what the budget is and it's not going to be any different. That's fair. I mean, I'm not and I'm not saying budget equals quality by any mean. Obvious, obviously, we've covered plenty of films that have a fairly low budget and we love them to death. And there's plenty of movies out there that have a low budget that we haven't covered that we love to death. So I'm not saying that they directly correlate. I just think that having a rule like that uh, is is just capitalistic and kind of problematic. Like, why not just, what if some dude wants to come in and make a $6 million movie? You're not going to pick it up, Jason? What if it's an amazing movie, but it goes over your rule of the $5 million uh, budget, and now you're not going to make it? Like, Or you're not going to give him the $6 million that he needs. You're going to give him the five, and then he needs to make a subpar movie. Because he doesn't have what he needs to make it. I don't know. I it doesn't real like it doesn't really transfer into real life, really. But because I mean these movies are good and they are high quality, and we we'll get into this movie in particular to where like he was able to do a ton of stuff with five million dollars. I feel like we went off know. on a tangent. A, there. Yeah, it was a rabbit hole. I'm sorry. So yeah, it did. So it had the five million dollar budget, and then it. Box office twelve point nine. So, oh. you know, whatever. Yeah, it, it it makes sense to how people kind of feel about this movie and kind of how Eli Roth. It, it kind of makes sense to how Eli Roth's reputation was at the time. I don't know if you know this, but he's kind of been like not pigeonholed, but uh, just yeah. You know, every he, he think they think that he makes uh, just gore fests. You know, I mean, he kind of does though. He does. And I, but I I know every time I. That's become a bad thing in a lot of people's people's minds. Well, I mean, I guess I'm a fan. Anytime I see Eli Roth's name on something, I know that the gore is going to be good. Right. And yeah, and so, but he gets a lot of flack. They always say the acting's bad. They always say the plot's bad, but because he focuses so much on gore. Like I've seen, I've heard plenty of people say that. I heard one guy say about this movie that it was uh, a porn with gore instead of sex. Because the acting was this so bad. Movie? Yes, that is what a like some critic on YouTube said. Did he watch the same movie? He we watched, watched the same movie, and like that's what I want to get into is like Eli had a subpar reputation at this point for so making. People were were looking for a reason to pick him apart. Well, because people because so it's it's like split fifty fifty, and I don't even know if it's fifty fifty at this point. But people are mad that some other people paint Eli Roth as this kind of horror god. horror god and like you know he's he's making horror masterpieces and they're like no he's not he's just putting a bunch of gore into film and it's bad acting and boo 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 and i just don't like that mentality i i understand not not wanting to put someone that doesn't deserve it on such a high pedestal and i'm not saying that eli roth is like up there with like ari aster and jordan peele and 
all of them, but I mean, he he did what he did, and it it has obviously worked, and it's obviously touched enough people to where. To be fair, at this point, Ari Aster and Jordan Peele only have a handful of horror movies in the game. Right. Eli Roth has gobs of horror movies and not horror movies and not horror movies, yeah, I mean, and most of them were great in the beginning. He he did get caught slipping a little bit. You know, some of the later hostels weren't as good right. and stuff like that. But, you know, the at some point in time, if you're in the game long enough, you can't shit out masterpiece after masterpiece after masterpiece. Eventually, someone's going to tear you down. And, and the reality of it is people have a hard time with people being extremely successful. Like we covered last True week. It's, it's a lot easier to, to pick people apart and to criticize people than it is. It's a lot more interesting to do that than it is to give somebody credit where credit's due. Yeah. I don't think it is more interesting though. I would, I would much rather talk about all the good things that he's done for horror than like talk about what he's like done bad. Welcome I mean, to the horrors <laughs> podcast, Matt. Exactly. This is why we're doing this is so, because we're not here to slam movies. We're not ever going to put out an episode of a movie that we absolutely hate, that's going to be probably a Patreon extra. We're just right. going to talk about movies that we love for the most part. I mean, we do have criticisms on some movies or anything that we've done in the past that hasn't been released. It's, you know, you've loved it and I was kind of eh. Yeah. And then you talked about it and it changed my perspective on it and vice versa. Yeah. And I kind of wanted, I guess yeah, that's why that's what I want to do. Like that's what we were doing with midnight man. Uh, there's a, there's been a few movies that we've covered that were have the best. No, then, but there was a couple that we covered that, that do have the commercial success and the, also the uh, critic success, you know, like hereditary, like everyone loves that movie because it's perfect. It is perfect. It's <laughs> one of my favorite. It's probably my favorite. I don't know. Bar is high. Bar is very high. When it comes to that movie, we started off at the, the highest peak and now we're just sloping down a tra- uh, a, uh, what do you call them? Mountain slope, slope, <laughs> sloping down a slope, <laughs> sloping down, a, sloping down a slope, <laughs> sloping down a slope. Okay. <laughs> so let's get into the movie because I'm um, really excited to talk about it. Yeah. So it was uh, written by Eli Roth as well, along with uh, Guillermo or, or, or um, Am- mm. words, names, do you need help? Am- Amoedo. Amoedo. Why am I saying Amadero? <laughs> Guillermo Amadero. I don't know, man. It's Guillermo Amoedo. Yep. That's him. And he helps write uh, most of Eli Roth's films. So they're a team. Yeah, they're almost like a yeah. It's like a Ari Aster and then his uh, director of photography. His, fabulous, his DP. Did his you really DP. say director of photography instead of DP? Yeah, you told me to. The fuck I did. I don't know. You told me that I have to like hold your hand when it comes to I don't know. Never mind. Well, I know exactly what DP is now. Right. Yeah, that's what that's what we're here for. <laughs> we're learning. Uh, it starred uh, Lorenza Izzo. Lorenza Izzo, who married Eli Roth after yep. this project. Indeed. Unfortunately, they are divorced oh, at this point. I did point not know time. that. They are divorced. They got married in 2014 and they divorced in 2018. Oh, not that not that long. I guess it's kind of how Hollywood works, right? But she played Justine, who is the main character, survivor girl. And then, I did like that there weren't a ton of horror tropes in this. Right. You did have Survivor Girl and you did have I think that's it. I think we just had I mean, like the gore. Vir- the virgin survivor girl. Yeah. But the situation called for gore. Right. I mean, so it yeah, wasn't I mean, unnecessary gore. And I think it was very creative how some of the stuff was done. But really the only trope was the, the virgin slash survivor girl all much. rolled up into Justine. It wasn't even really ju- any jump scares. That really didn't exist. No jump scares yeah. whatsoever. 
Yeah, I mean, um, it's, I found it great. I, I found the characters great. Well, I mean, not great as in some of them. Every one of them were awesome. Like some right. of them fucking well, sucked as people, but all of them sucked as people, and that's something I'm going to get into as well. Every one of them. I mean, besides, I guess Justine, and maybe uh, the next guy I'm going to talk about, uh, Lars, who was played by Daryl. So- oh, Daryl Sabara. Yeah, he played Junie in the Spy Kid movies, and he played uh, the asshole kid in the Halloween remake. Exactly, mm-hmm. and he does a ton of uh, voice work for like Cartoon Network and Nickelodeon. Still, I think. Yeah, he's a very well-known name for the most part. Yeah, but he was Junie and Spy Kids. I know. We got we got to cover Machete someday. Ooh, can we I'm cover down. Machete? That's not a horror movie. This is our podcast. We can do whatever the <laughs> we fuck can we want. Just talk about to. it. I didn't know he was in the movie. Yeah, I don't remember it. Really? Yeah, I don't either. I don't remember it. It's all Rodriguez. I know, and I I, I remember. See what I, I remember the fake trailer in the Grindhouse stuff. Yes. I don't remember Machete. Maybe I didn't watch it. It was a really good movie. I, I think I watched it. it, but I don't remember watching it. I might. Well, I'll probably watch it and then be like, "Oh yeah, this is a thing that I remember." I love Danny Trejo, though. I saw a young too. Danny Trejo in Anaconda the other night. Oh, you're watching Anaconda? Fun. No, Chad was watching it. Nah. I was very against it because that movie is such shit. But oh, come on! But it was cool to see a an itty bitty Danny Trejo. Anybody else stand out to you on the cast? Not as far as the cast. It was really just. Justine and Daryl Sabara. Then there, so the her best friend, Justine's best friend. I don't even remember her name. Uh, Casey. Casey. She sucked. She was kind of annoying. Really, I w- I liked that. There uh, was so a like blonde. she was, she obviously loved Justine. I don't want to say she sucked. She was a good friend. She was a pessimist and a grumpy person. She was and very I, well, and she was she said some some kind of nasty things that I'm not a fan of. The anti-Semitic things. Yeah, and the well, and the gay stuff. Oh, I must have missed that because yeah, she just stuff. called something gay, and that's just oh, annoying. I think she said retarded, and she said retarded. Yeah, I didn't like that. That caught, I didn't like that. That caught my attention. Yeah, I was like, Oof. and then she said like uh, she said activism is gay, <laughs> well, which I is mean, just like a six year old thing to say. She's that protagonist because obviously Justine is you know with this force of opinion, right? And it makes it all that more impactful when Justine decides to join forces with them, and she really relent she just cares about her friend that's also kind of a trope or at least a thing that a lot of people use in movies is having like the smart innocent main character and then her best friend being kind of like cabin in the woods yeah exactly <laughs> look at eli eli roth but i enjoyed casey's character because she was you immediately see her and she's blonde and blue-eyed she's very pretty and you're just like god you're waiting for like the oh my god and she doesn't. That's all she was was oh my god. I didn't think so. What? <laughs> she was she was pissed off as she got woke up. She was grumpy, so they dragged their ass to the bagel shop and got them some coffee. Where she's talking about the fucking fucking Jew, and the lady stops behind her, and, and she says she's Jewish, and, and she's she like, can say it. "Bitch, I'm Jewish. <laughs> I can say this." Like holding her Star David necklace and stuff. And I was like, "Oh damn, she she's a bitch." Yeah, and but I, I felt liked like it was. I don't know. She wasn't felt- a dumb blonde trope. I you had that not. blonde character, and she wasn't a dumb blonde trope. None of the blondes. It kind of seemed. I, I don't know. Maybe not. I maybe I. I, I kind of thought that that was the direction they were going in, and I think this might be part of the reason that that one guy on YouTube said that it was bad acting and it was porn acting is because this this person was a little over the top, in my opinion. I liked her. Okay, that's fine. She was very hot. Yeah, right up my alley. So yeah, uh, but yeah, that that whole thing. 
uh, was, was was cool because they were, I mean, the, the college, I like the college stuff where they were in the class and they were talking about female general mutilation. So much foreshadowing. Yeah, of course. And then it flips to the ants. The ant like, right, for a second. And I mean, and it's kind of obvious that oh, you, you see the ant, if you're watching and paying attention, you, you get this ant for like a, a second and then you know it's a cannibal movie and you know they're going to get tortured in your head. So you're like, okay, so there's going to be an ant kill. That's oh, what I, I thought. Did. I didn't. Oh, really? I kind of, I forgot it existed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so I saw the ant. So I figured, I just thought it was a closing scene because they were talking about the female genital mutilation. Yeah. And then it was like, all right, moving on. So I thought, I didn't think anything of yeah, it. Yeah, right, right. I thought it was just something that they, you know. Well, that's the thing is, every, and everything's added for a reason in a movie. So w- when you see something like that, those are like, I don't know, they're, they're red flags for me or they, they, they make me perk up. When I see stuff like that, because I think that it's going to be something that's going to... I'm always... All right, I fucking missed it. Okay, I'm God sorry, damn it. Chelsea. I'm not, sorry. So, I'm not trying to make you feel like shit. So the movie opens, um, and it's showing the rainforest with a kid and a dude walking, and then they hear the rumbling noise and the bulldozer. Right. And then, you know, the shots to Casey and Justine. They're at Columbia University, and we already covered the lectures. Before the lectures, they get woken up by this activism group shouting right. for better wages for the janitors or something. Yeah, they're going to starve themselves. But only like yeah. half of them are. Oh, yeah, they're going to starve themselves. So they go get food, and they're walking back, and <laughs> oh, yeah, Casey's like, just like, mmm, bagel, like yeah, and waving the food. <laughs> and Justine's like, come on now. That's a little over the top. And she's like, yeah. fuck it. And I guess that's why I like her because she's, she's an <laughs> yeah. asshole. Yeah, she is an asshole. And I'm an asshole. And like, so. I, I think that, again, I think that might be why that one person or that the people that I've said or I've seen said, said bad acting, but like, I don't think that's bad acting. I just I think, think they were right. annoyed with the character. Yeah, I, but those people exist and she played that character very well. She did. You know, like, College kids are annoying sometimes. Maybe she's just like that. In not person. every not everyone acts like fucking Emily Blunt in a mo- like in real life all the time. True. You know? So Justine goes to um some kind of after school thing or like a meeting and meets Jonah and she sits through the activist stuff and she yeah. comments because he starts talking about the rainforest and the Peru stuff and she makes this kind of snide comment and Alejandro chews her ass out. He's the leader of this activist group. And he was like, you must be new or a freshman. And she was like, yeah. And he was like, yeah, I figured because nobody else walks in here with that level of disrespect. Right. Like, you don't, you don't so say you shit like out. that. Yeah. So she leaves mad Asshole. and yeah. So Jonah fuck goes Alejandro. after. <laughs> oh, oh, fuck. Yeah, fuck absolutely. Alejandro. He's the entire a garbage time. human being. So Jonah goes after her and he's like, I'm so sorry. He's not, you know, he's just very passionate about what he does. Yeah. And Justine goes a couple days later to apologize to Alejandro and says that she wants to join the cause. She wants to help because her dad is a lawyer with the UN. That's already been revealed because of the female genital mutilation. Yeah. She, that strikes a chord with her immediately. And she's She's like, what can I do to help? Like, my dad's a, a lawyer at the UN, and they were like, it would take every country coming together right. to maybe make an impact. Yeah, and it kind of became like a, it kind of became like her biggest worry over the course of like one lecture because Alejandro asks like, what keeps you up at night? And she says, female genital mutilation. Not, or, well, she um, says, the oppression she of says, women in Africa. Yeah, in Af- yes. And he and was like, was well, like, what's a, what's a white girl? What's one white girl going to do about it? Yeah. And she was like, uh, and he was like, get a bunch of people be super exposed, like on media and the internet and stuff like yeah, that. Record and, it. Yeah. Record it and make a splash. 
And yeah. he's all about FaceTime. He's all about getting everything he does out there in the media for right. exposure, quote unquote exposure. But it was obviously for ill intent. She, he was definitely playing her. Absolutely. So, which I'm but, sorry, but if <laughs> female gen- general mutilation freaks me out and yeah. it always has ever since I learned about it because it's it's just getting your clit cut off right and, and they, your pussy sewn up yeah it's the and way they explained it in the movie was uh, hard it was hard that's what I'm saying so it's I would imagine that total male castration might have that effect on you but that's not a global yeah, I'm not, problem yeah I'm not saying that it was I would be moved by it if I heard about right. it that that would keep me up at night no of course sure. yeah I wasn't I wasn't saying anything it like has. that I was just saying that. It it seemed like she had never really thought about activism before or or problems in the world before that lecture. And then you now have to she's start. You have to start somewhere. Yeah, I'd no, rather not, her no, care no, than saying. not care. Yeah, that's what that's, that's exactly. I'm not. That's exactly what I'm saying. I'm not saying it was a bad thing. I'm just saying that it, it seemed like that. It, so it was obvious that that class played a played a part in the reason that she ended up going with them to help. So Justine goes to Alejandro, apologizes, and decides she wants to help, and he's kind of him-hawing about it. But she ends up going anyways, and Casey's yep. kind of trying to talk her out of it. And, you know, I guess her dad's funding a lot of it. So she's telling her dad, hey, send the money. Hey, by the way, it's a school trip. Don't worry about it. I'm, yeah. I'm going to be fine. And he was I like, wish it was that send- easy to get off of the phone with my parents. Right. Well, she, she just, just like hung, hung up. up. Yeah. And, and then they didn't call back. My dad would <laughs> show up at the house yeah. and be like, bitch, you just hung up on and, me. Like you're grounded. And, and, and I'd be like, I'm 30 and be like, I don't give nah, a you're fuck. Grounded. Like you're grounded. And that's just when we're like talking to them in the same city, you know, like she's talking about going to Peru. Peru. <laughs> and he was like, all right, so do you know what's going on in Peru? It's very dangerous. It's whatever. She's like, dad, it's a school trip. Shut the fuck up. I'm good. She didn't say shut the fuck up, but, and then, you know, she had dinner with him and all that stuff, but, that's irrelevant. Yeah. And then Casey was like, give me that breadstick. So, I love that bitch. I love <laughs> that so bitch so much. It's like an intense father-daughter conversation. It's yeah. like, yo, yo you going to eat that? Can I have that? They get on the plane. They leave. They go to Peru. Mm-hmm. And it's this really pretty kind of travel montage. Yeah. And like. Tuk and the tutu named Brad Pitt. So apparently they went. Uh, oh, yeah. They, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and then one of them was Rocky Four. Oh, was it? Yeah. I didn't catch that. So apparently they went farther into the Amazon than anyone has ever gone to film. Oh, and yeah. the entire, and the obvious, I don't, I mean, obvious, I'm pretty sure you know that the tribe was like a real tribe. Yes. So yeah. when Eli Roth and his people went and talked to this tribe, they had never seen a movie before. Right. And they brought Cannibal Holocaust. To oh, yeah. show them, not only is it their very first movie, he's showing these tribes people, these natives, this this movie, mm-hmm. which we all know what Cannibal Holocaust is about, and they loved it. They thought it was a comedy. <laughs> they just fell in love with it, and almost every single villager signed up to be either a part of the acting or the crew. I was actually, I was wondering how they convinced this tribe to like be essentially the antagonist of the film, which I think they're the protagonist of the film. I think they're the good guys. Well, someone was, they're natives. That's yeah, their land. They're that's very their... much. And I think Eli thinks they're the good guys. And that was kind of the whole point of the movie, which I don't think a lot of, I don't know. I, I hope people got it, but the reviews that I've read, it doesn't seem like people got it. It got a like 30 something on Rotten Tomatoes. Well, a lot of people were 
angry that they were they felt it was exploiting and basically talking shit about natives because there are but it still wasn't at tribes. all it was talking shit about white people and destroying the fucking amazon well they they were saying that he was stereotyping natives making them out to be cannibals and all these horrible that's people an, that's an homage to cannibal holocaust and the other like 80s like in 70s cannibal movies that's why people it's a are fucking stupid. horror movie people are dumb he's making a like he's obviously making a fucking point through a fucking horror movie yeah he he used his love for fucking cannibal movies and he wanted to make a love story to cannibal holocaust obviously because he named it's, it the green inferno yeah it's one of his favorite uh, horror movies he it was an homage to the green or not to the, it was an homage to cannibal holocaust so, yeah, and and it's and it's obviously like a commentary on the way that we don't care about anybody but ourselves, and like the Western world just wants to fucking take over the world, and they don't care who has to die because of it. Yeah, they were cannibals in the movies, but that first of all, who are we to say that they're fucking wrong? They're not killing. They're obviously not cannibals in the fact that they kill everyone that they see. They fucking eat the people who come and destroy their land. You know, maybe they think that's like the best way to take care of it. And we shouldn't even be there to d- decide whether or not that's right. And I think that was the whole point because there was no, they never did anything wrong. They just existed. And then these people Absolutely. came and fucked and then up. they ate them. But like, they don't live in our fucking ro- world where that's not legal. There isn't a legal or not legal to them. It's just what is in their tribe that's like, that existed way longer than we ever like, did, you know, like our civilization. I feel like Justine kind of covered it at the end of the movie though she 100 did i mean that's that's it's one of the best endings of a fucking movie i love it so much like she she did not rat them out at all because they didn't do anything wrong to them i mean they showed up the plane crashed and they're in these suits of the people exactly. that are tearing down their home around them yeah and obviously they've you know come to blows and stuff before but hey speaking of western world this movie was the first experience and the first time this native tribe, this Peruvian native tribe, have been pictured or yeah. seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or in the, their first mm-hmm. experience. And then during filming, there were Christian missionaries. So I guess like every all of these people just kind of found this tribe at once, obviously. Christian missionaries were floating by on their boats and they saw all the props and stuff, like all the, the bodies and this, the blood and all right. that stuff. And so they started singing hymns like super super loud uh-huh. and i guess they the crew had to tell them like hey we're we're just filming a movie like you're not saving these tribe people <laughs> yeah, with your jesus songs we're literally filming a movie and they're like oh okay yeah, i thought i away. thought you were about to tell me that the story about the christian missionaries that got shot by that tribe that one time remember that happened like years ago oh yeah yeah, yeah. i thought you were telling me just the same thing no that would have been, been crazy <laughs> i was like how do i not know that <laughs> all this footage was real <laughs> No, it no. wasn't. I remember watching that on the news. That's crazy. No. Um, they and, they, just, and, the, and guess what? We couldn't do anything about it because we don't have, we don't own them. You know, we don't have control over them just like in this movie. Well, they, that country, in that particular instance, that country, they were immune to the country's laws exactly. because they were a native tribe. And so was this one. And they and couldn't do saying. anything like, about it. Well, the, we're assuming this one was. Well, there were, I mean, in real life they were. Oh, in you real know? life. And, then, I mean, so, and, and it's the same in the movie. Like they're too far removed from any country to be under any laws. Anyways, yeah, they so they, they go up they go up to the bulldozing site to protest it and they don't really explain 
very well what they're doing. And it always, it, it all seems like Alejandro the entire time was like withholding information to get all these people this far into the, you know, yeah. get them into Peru. And then they're like, oh yeah, they're going to have guns. And everyone's like, what the fuck, Alejandro? Like, I didn't know that. Well, he was like, what do you think militia means? If you want to, because it started off and they're all traveling and it's pretty. And then they yeah. sit down to this nice meal in a Peruvian city, like a larger city. And they're all happy. And then they're like, okay, yeah, they're well, give weed. me your phones. And yeah, they're trying to find weed and they're getting, you know, the streaming app downloaded on their phones because the whole point is they're safe as long as they're recording right. because no one's going to hurt somebody yeah. if, you know, they're there's too film. many ramifications yeah. if you're on film. So they're all sitting down preparing it. And he's like, yeah, so with the guns. And they're like, guns? What guns? And he was like, I said militia. Like, yeah. I mentioned militia. What do you think a militia is? And then is? he says, oh, you don't have to come. Right. But they're already in fucking Peru. What are they going to do? You know, like, Go to the fucking hotel next door and don't wander out into the rainforest. True story. They so could have done it. From there, it's just kind of a, a mad rush. They're hustling onto the boat. Something happened. Oh, yeah, because they had to like run to the boat because I guess they, I don't know, I guess they were white people in Peru and people were going to fuck with them. I don't know. I don't know, but they end up doing this several hour boat trip down the river. Right. Ju- <laughs> Junie almost. <laughs> So then Dale Savara has to has to is like, hey, when when when's the next bathroom trip? And Justine's like, yeah, me too. I gotta go to the bathroom too. And um, so they're asking about bathrooms, and they pull over, and like one of the guides hands Daryl Savara's character a machete. Right. He's like, what's this for? He's like, snake. <laughs> and then he was like, um, I can wait. I, I'm good. And they're like, well, the next we're not we're not done for another three hours. And then Justine had snatched the machete by that time. She's like, I got to piss. Fuck yeah. this. And then he's like, do you have another machete? Because I got to go. I can't wait three hours. And he hands him a gun. <laughs> like, and he almost like, drops it immediately. And he almost drops it. Uh, and then he tries to shoot a tarantula when he's getting when he's yeah. trying to pee. Yeah, <laughs> Justine's peeing, and he comes right up next to her. Like they're traversing yeah. a little bit into the jungle, and she's taking a piss against a this, tree, and he like comes right up next to her and pulls his dick out, and she's like, "Bitch, get your own tree!" Like this, this is, is the, the girl's tree. tree. Yeah. So he like turns around, and then he's you know that obviously he didn't see it. He's looking up, you know, peeing in relief, and all of a sudden this giant furry fucking cat sized mm-hmm. tarantula is crawling towards his dick and then you just see him like you hear the gunshots and you see him he run pops out off of the three times forest. what did he do where, where did he shoot and what he, direction did he shoot i'm pretty sure he just like he probably his just, hand just went up like a like flailed up i don't know what the fuck because i mean he didn't hit a tarantula there's no way he, he, it was right next to him i guess i would have to say the, that might be the only jump scare which it was kind of a very transparent yeah it thing. wasn't we, it was inevitable that it was going to happen i feel and that was probably the only maybe close to jump scare because it's all they're all you know where's where's homeboy yeah Judy. and we're just gonna call him Junie. We're just gonna okay, call him Junie. Fair enough. Where's Junie? And they're like, I don't know. He was back. He was taking a piss, and all of a sudden, you just hear the gunshots. It made right. me jump a little bit because of the noise. Sure. And he comes hauling ass, and everybody's <laughs> laughing at him. And yeah. so they continue on, and they get into this plane or onto this another plane. Mm-hmm. And there was already foreshadowing of plane stuff because one of the girls was taking swallowing pills, pills yeah. the first you know plane ride. And she was like, I just get scared when I fly on little planes and stuff like that. So the first plane ride went well. Second plane ride did not go so well. Yeah, well, no, because because they they went to the bulldozing site and they did protest and they all chained themselves up to trees and they gave. Oh, that's right. This uh, the the girlfriend. I don't remember her name. She fucking sucks Cara. too. Cara, that bitch. God, Cara sucked. 
she was she already like gave, getting on to Justine, like, you know, why are you a part of this? Like, is it because you care about activism or you want to fuck my and, man? And it's weird because they Shut obviously up, had bitch. this problem the whole time. Or they had, they, obviously, they had this plan the whole time and they were planning it together. Kara gives a bum lock to Justine. Yeah, out of her pocket. Yeah. And they all. So they're all chaining themselves to trees and everybody clicks on the, the chains and the locks and then they put their masks on because what what was it Alejandro said? Oh, yeah. It's not about the individual anymore. Right. It has, which is also foreshadowing. Activism has one face. He's trying to explain to himself and everyone else that, you know, it's not about the individual. We're doing something bigger than all of us. If someone dies, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Which is kind of what he was like alluding to. Fuck him. Because he, he, yeah, he didn't mention the guns and then he mentions the guns but he's like we'll be fine as long as we're recording and then he's like we're, it's, you know it's not about the individual which is implying that it doesn't matter if we lose someone as long as the bigger picture is solved or the bigger problem is solved and and then we realize it was for nothing right so all of this fucking sucks he he, he sucks the entire movie and obviously they, he i'm pretty sure eli roth wanted us to hate these people of course because i didn't hate all of them no i mean uh jonah was fine uh, Jonah was great. Daniel was great. Daniel was great. Some of the other girls were okay. Yeah, they were just nor- they were just whatever. So let's get get through this part. And so obviously, Car gives Justine a bum lock, but it was all for a purpose. They knew that Justine's dad was a lawyer for the UN. So when they went to attack her, Justine, yeah, the opposition, because they blew up the bulldozers and they all come around with guns and stuff, and they're like phones, recording phones. And then Justine's freaking out. She's like, Cara, Cara, my shit won't lock. And they go straight to Justine. And he was like, you see it right now. They break her phone and they're holding a gun to her. And he's like, look, yeah. they're about to kill a daughter of a, a UN, UN lawyer. Yeah. And a UN lawyer. She's about to die right now. And they back off. So and shit they, really starts to pick up from here. They, yeah, she gets, so she gets fucking mad as she should. Because mm-hmm. they obviously just used her for this. And then they try and make it seem like she wanted it on the plane ride home. So they're all like celebrating and drinking and they're saying, Oh, we're trending. We're trending on tw- uh, Twitter. CNN picked it up, blah, blah, blah. And that sh- she's fucking pissed. She's not drinking. She's not partying. And then he comes up to her and is like, you asked to come on this. We gave you a role. Like he, like he was doing him a fucking favor. Fuck this guy so hard. He's, he's it. manipulative. Yeah. Obviously. Like, and it's, it's all for his own personal gain and and it solves nothing in the end. All right. I did was fuck up some fucking, Natives. Yes. Yeah, the plane crashes. Plane crashes, and, and then you get I, your first shot of blood. really cool gore. And that that would be me on the plane because that the first shot of blood <laughs> is a dude that had a was drinking a beer, and then the plane went and like smashed the beer into his teeth, and that would be me. Is that how you go? I was like, that's that's that that that's me. <laughs> Hit me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the plane the plane crashes. Both pilots Terrifying. are dead. Planes tore apart. There's a out of tree the back. limb. Yeah, people are flying, out, flying the back. out of the back. Tree That's limb it. knocks one of the pilot's heads like clean off, like a Pez dispenser. And I, just, I loved this gore because it was too. it's such a like realistic uh, like version of a plane crash. I think like these things that you don't really think about would happen, but they would definitely happen. Like people get fucking shit thrown through their face, and like people you, people you get could, torn apart. Yeah, you could be you could argue that it was gore for gore's sake, but no, like. This is shit that happens. If you had a non-bloody plane crash, I'd be a little disappointed. Yeah, of course, but you can't have a non-gory, non-bloody plane crash. People get fucked up. The air pressure. I just thought thought it was a very. I thought it was super realistic. Like I thought it. You know, it didn't pull any punches. It was uh, 
a very realistic plane crash to me. Absolutely. Yeah. Plane crashes and the survivors are collecting themselves. They're trying to figure out where phones and GPSs and all this stuff is. And then they start to, you know, figure a way out. And then all of a sudden there's like darts and shit. Yeah. Oh, man. Kara's <laughs> uh, death. Why did they? Why did they just kill Kara? What, what did they have against this bitch? Like they because didn't kill anyone else. There like, can't be two evils. I would you're imagine. right. Yeah, I mean it's movie. Yeah, but like in real life, like but they just decided to kill the first. Or in the movie logic, like they just decided to kill the first one, and then they darted the rest. But they sent a, th- a whole five foot fucking spear through her throat. through her throat, <laughs> and then Alejandro's holding her, and he's like, "No, oh. my love, my baby." Yeah, and then all of a sudden, fucking, there's the another the one just straight blunt. in the head. Ooh. And it's Good. great, and all of a sudden you see the blow darts. Yeah, and then so out the gate they were the villagers even. Yeah, and they were like, "Fuck this!" Bitch. One of the guys uh, is like looking for one of the girls that like f- flew out of the back, and oh, he just like turns knocks around. his head on the p- p- propeller. He walks straight into the fucking plane propeller that's yeah. still going. It's still rotating. Is propeller at alliteration because I just stu- I just stu- I just stuttered propeller, and it just sounded like st- I was trying to be a propeller p- p- propeller. <laughs> Uh, I think, it's not I think an we consider I think we consider a propeller alliteration. <laughs> propeller. Propeller. <laughs> uh, that was a good kill, though. It was funny. That was a funny. I thought it was, it was super funny. funny. And because I, you see it a split second before it happens, like I, he's like, "Where, where are you?" He turns around, you see it still going. You're like, "Oh!" And then as soon as you, before you can even get to know, like out of oh no, it's like. <laughs> I think there's a lot of things in this movie that people thought were supposed to be funny. And that it, maybe the, they thought the joke fell short, but it, I don't think it was supposed to be funny. We'll get into that when we get to the cage. But this was fucking funny. Like it was a good, it was a good kill. I know they. So they wake wake up in a cage, pretty mm-hmm. much, except for poor, uh, poor what you call? It? Well, they don't wake up in the cage. They don't they're, wake up. Yeah, they're, they're thrown being into the cage. thrown yeah. into the cage. They, they wake, wake up, up on the boat. on the boats yeah. on the way there. Yeah, but they get there and they're being thrown into this cage, except for Jonah. Jonah, bless bless his heart. Yeah. He why was, we had to lose him first? Oh, because he, he can't the, have the good guy. Yeah, no, he was the beefiest of the bunch. That's true. I mean, yeah, that's why they killed him. Absolutely, you're gonna you're, you're a tribe of cannibals, which I thought was hilarious because there's plentiful was, animals running around. Right. I had a really hard time rewatching this also because of the the sound and the the continuing presence of the one animal that I don't care for. It was in there a lot. Oh, the pig. Yeah, okay. Or the hogs or whatever. Okay, shut the fuck up. I thought you were talking about the Black Panther for a second. I'm like, that oh, guy no. was dope. Hems I was love party. that guy. He was, was so pretty. Thinky cat. That's what your that's what your cat thinks he is. Yes. Really, he's just—he's just a tiny black house cat, right? <laughs> um, but no, there was uh, an abundance of those that I don't care for. So it was a really tough. I had to take my headphone. I was watching on my phone too, and oh, I'm yeah. with my AirPods, and I had to take them out, right? Because I couldn't. Because the the audio was very prevalent. Not, not your were, not your cup of ASMR. Uh, no, <laughs> they were getting thrown into a pen for these animals, so yeah. they were there, and it was like. You know, they get that kind of meat every day and they got cows roaming around and they got chickens roaming around. But God damn it, like human meat right. has has come on to like, hell yes. Like, yeah. it's like if Gordon Ramsay walked into a room for for Peruvian natives, you know, I don't even know if it's more. I don't know if it's a taste thing for them. I think it's like a, a tradition thing for them. Well, they were excited as fuck. They whatever were, was happening. Yeah, but like 
that's what I was trying to get at. Is like I don't think these cannibals are cannibals because for like malicious intent. I think they uh, enjoy. I got so what I took from it, not enjoy, but like when these people that are trying to fuck up their world come in, it probably had ri- ritualistic, yeah, you know, intent, yeah, yeah. So that that that's what I took away from it. So like, and, that, and that's why like the elder gets to go and enjoy the like decadent parts of the body, right? And so Jonah, when they put him down. They give him some water first or something. Maybe it's a sedative. I don't know. They have a bunch of they have a bunch of drugs, dude. I know <laughs> these guys got this so many is... drugs. Yet somehow they pass out when they smoke when they breathe in a little bit of weed. Well, because it's probably a foreign substance for <laughs> yeah, them. And I guess they're not taking the drugs; they're giving the drugs so the other people can pass out. Well, I mean, we don't know that, but I'm saying it could be something foreign to them. I mean, sure. they've grown up with whatever's in the area and they've learned how to utilize it. What I'm saying is if they have powders that you can blow in somebody's face and make them pass out. the fuck out, then why are we worried about Western medicine for these people? Because they seem to have it under control. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, they got some like magical shit going on. And maybe it's because they're... Well, except for the female ju- genital mutilation yeah, because they keep going back to... You know, a lot of them die from the process itself or yeah. from the healing. They get infections. But again, and it's not like we can necessarily uh, like fault them. They don't know. They don't have Western knowledge and this, our idea of medicine to their disposal. Cause they've never seen it. You know, they, they think planes are fucking birds or some shit, you know, like that's not true, but a lot of natives did think planes were like huge birds. Okay, like, well, that's been inter- like people have interviewed cool about planes but let's talk about how jonah died because this is really cool <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah so the little witch doctor chick comes up and she's doing her her thing right i think she's the elder whatever she is maybe the elder she was she was badass and witchy right. and I cool and yeah. painted and all that stuff and she just like takes her little like claw thingy and just hooks it straight into his fucking eyeball yeah. and pops it out and like stuffs it down her throat yep and like takes like, the tongue and eats like, the tongue. No, both eyeballs and, and then the, the tongue. tongue. Yeah. And then it's like a leg and then an arm and then a leg oh, yeah. and then an Dude, arm. Dude, that guy's fucking dope. The, <laughs> like, ex- I don't know, what you, the, the chef. I don't know. <laughs> He's the cleaver guy. That guy's I think, awesome. So th- there were. He's in a bunch of stuff. It was a. Uh, I guess he's, it's more like a soldier kind of thing, like maybe like a general or something like that right. in our terms. Right. Because the body paint depicted the standing in mm-hmm. the tribe. Yeah. So the the ones painted all black with the yellow faces, those were... Higher up. Like higher up kind yeah, of militant. Everyone, like and the civilians were red. Civilians were red. The women or the, the girls becoming women or the people going through the FGA yeah. or FGM, excuse me, yeah. were painted white. And then mm-hmm. uh, I believe the elder was painted yellow, correct? Yeah, she uh, he was she was yellow as well. She looked like the other guy, kind of. Right. She was all yellow though, and he was black with yellow face. So they they hack his limbs off, and he's just laying there like a a, a nubless little torso. He's still moving around. He's still kind of like his his yeah. little torso is just moving. I was gonna say his nubs. He ain't got no nubs. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's just a, a head and a chest at this point in time. Yeah, it's crazy. And maybe maybe it's like when you cut chickens' heads off, and they still kind of run around for a little bit. Yeah. But, and then they start sawing thinking. his head off. Like he's got no eyeballs. He's got no tongue. He's got no arms and no legs. It was so good. <laughs> 
And so they're it like, looks so good. <laughs> it was in practical effects. Yeah. It's all beautiful. And they hack his head off and then they start like, it's just this happy little scene of these villagers <laughs> like basting this torso. Oh, it's my favorite. It's one of my <laughs> favorite it. cooking scenes that I, that at least we've covered. Cause we've had some bad <laughs> cooking scenes on this uh, podcast. And I loved this whole thing. Like the whole like tribe got together and they were chefing the fuck out of this dude. They were. Like, I, I loved the care they put into their food. I it was just a, a normal day like all the women were getting together and they were basting and wrapping and stuffing yeah. and cooking and, and important s- important boy with the yellow face was just like hitting the fucking leg like a bone he had a bone in his hand and he was just gnawing off the bone yeah and they were all eating it was great it was it they was just wonderful happy. yeah it was they were just it was dinner time I like these guys and so back in the cage Alejandro's talking about well good thing they took him first because he'll feed him for a week yeah and they all wanted to fight him yeah fuck uh not Junie. Maybe it was Junie uh, who was like, I can smell my friend being cooked. And I was like, I can't imagine, you know, that's, he was laying there and getting hugged or something by somebody. He's like, I can smell him as he's (laughs) cooking. I'm like, Ooh, damn, that's something you don't think about. Yeah, Yeah. And I feel like there was one kind of pinnacle moment with Alejandro right around this time because it was him just going off about, Hey, so this is all bullshit. I yeah. knew this was all bullshit from the beginning, but and guess what? We're really here now. Him. Yes, because you know that he put because he put Justine through all of this. Yes, like he, she could have been shot and killed, mm-hmm. and we think it's for a good cause, quote unquote. And then we realize that it was for nothing. So this chick could have been killed for fucking PR. Yeah, fuck these people. They weren't even doing anything good to fuck with this tribe. Like you want to think like, oh, they're saving the tribe and like then the tribe ends up being shitty, but no, they were also shitty and the tribe doesn't know any better and they don't, they can't tell the difference. And there really isn't a difference because there isn't a difference between Alejandro and the, the, the bulldozing. They're both doing like, it's going to happen either way. He's just trying to get famous off of it. Right. They were both exploiting the tribe. Right. Fuck Eat the, eat the fucking people. I forgot about this part. So uh, right after Junie says, I can smell my friend being cooked. Yeah. Poor Amy is like, yeah, you guys, I'm going to be sick. And they're like, yeah, we know what you're talking about. She's like, no, I'm going to be, I'm, my stomach's yeah. fucked up. And all of a sudden you just hear these like little. Right. And like, like gurgle farts. It's, it's not funny. <laughs> it's fun. It is pretty funny. It's not funny to me. Like for me, it's like, it's, ooh, it's hard. Like, Have you that, never shit in front of a friend? <laughs> no, I don't think so. For, oh. First of all, I'm really weird about bathroom stuff. I don't, I don't oh. share it with people. Oh, so maybe that's why it hit me hard. But, like, that's something you don't think about as well. Right. And it's something that probably would have to happen in this situation. And it's, it's not, not shown a lot. And it's not fun for anybody. You know, every it's really weird. You know, and it really sucks. Like, it's really embarrassing for her. It's really embarrassing for everyone in the cage. And, like, it really kind of sucks. Like, it really hit, it's really like a heavy moment in that, in that cage. I guess I'm just bathroom desensitized. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Maybe it was funny for you. I thought, I don't, I, don't, I didn't it think, was funny I didn't think it was meant to be funny. Well, you know, that's what I'm trying to say. Here's I don't what think got me is, though. Cause I, it, I sympathize with her. I'm like, damn, that sucks. When you got stomach problems and your gut falls out your asshole, like that's not fun for anybody. <laughs> right. But then all of a sudden you hear these kids just laughing in the background and they're laughing so hard. And my first thought was after knowing that, this, these tribes people thought that ha- Cannibal Holocaust was funny. Right. Maybe it's a genuine reaction to these kids because they've never seen or, you know, they it, it was alluded to. I don't know how they did the effects or anything, and there probably wasn't the sound, yeah. but I don't know. No, I, just, I, I think it was intentional for the kids to, to laugh, and I think it's proof that toilet humor is 
inherently funny. Like I, I think it's like something in our in our body that like because like these people are completely like disassociated from our entire world. They don't understand any of our humor yet. They find farts funny. I mean, you know what I mean. Farts are funny. Farts are apparently funny. Just like inherently to humans you don't think I don't fart, really, do you think farts are funny not really but i mean yeah kind of i mean they're always kind of funny if someone like ripped one on accident like you're gonna laugh <laughs> and <laughs> like why accident. you know <laughs> i i guess i've it's just weird been, and it surprises me to hear this due to the group of friends but no it's we, just a thing that I, it's the thing i think about a lot like why is it funny you know like i get i, I get existential with it Dude, with I've shit in a McDonald's bag. I've shit beside a dumpster. I shit outside uh, like, Gallery 13 one time. No. Like, after hours, like, I was driving home and I couldn't hold it, so I just, like, peeled off into the bag <laughs> of Gallery and just, like, dropped trowel and shit, and then I left. <laughs> Damn. Do you have anything to wipe with? Oh, no. I just went home and showered. Oh, no. That's the worst. Yeah. I've Any of my non-bathroom bathroom incidences, I've made sure I've had napkins at least. I mean, sometimes you, I didn't have a choice at this point. You know, I oh, could. I guess true. I could have went like, I had to have been late because otherwise I just went, went to save a lot. True. So it had to have been like dark. Fair enough. I think it was dark. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways. <laughs> so after, um, after Jonah gets chopped up and cooked and eaten and Amy shits herself. Yeah. One of the kids comes up. They end up falling asleep. One of the kids comes up and Justine wakes up to this, this little kid staring at her. And she takes this necklace, which the necklace was brought up earlier. It was a necklace that her mom had made from her from her grandmother's silver. Yes. And it's a little flute. It's a little flute because she's so a she, flautist. Because, yes. And she picks it up and she plays this little three-note ditty to her, her buddy. Yeah. And she's trying to form a friendship. She's trying to humanize herself, I guess, to him. And it's pretty cute. Yeah, and I think the I think the kids are a really good representation of like what humanity is and how we're all connected by being like humans, even yeah. though all of our like situations are different and all of our societies are different. We all like have this weird we can all form these in like connections with people mm-hmm. regardless of like where we are. Language barrier, yeah, and culture like, barrier. Yeah, exactly. Like you can still like have a one on one with this person. Yeah, and it always ends up being you can always make a it. it you can make friends in the weirdest places. Like that's, that's such a human thing. You can make a connection with a human with a, a fellow human. Yeah. in many different ways. It doesn't have to be a cultural or, or language thing. Yeah, like it, it could be something as simple as music. That's music is a universal language, and that's super. You know? Yeah, it's superhuman, and also farts. Being and funny, farts. superhuman. Like so you super... can play some music, and someone will jam out to it if you don't speak the same yeah. language. And then, you and then fart if you and they fart, laugh. yeah, they laugh. And yeah, and that's just a human. That's the human condition. Music and farts. <laughs> that's all you need to make friends. Um, oh, I forgot something. Uh, when they first got to the tribe, that kind of bothered me a little bit because mm-hmm. I have a weird hair thing. I guess mm-hmm. I don't like my yeah, hair. Yeah, so that cut. whole scene was great. It was because it was they really were freaky. they were pulling you know the girl's hair and stuff, and they start this one blonde chick. They start like ripping her hair out in mm-hmm. chunks because I guess they've probably never seen blonde hair before. Yeah, well, they probably have in the other people that they've killed, but they probably like it a lot. They don't get to see it a lot, probably. Yeah, and so they always and then try and steal so it. they take the girls and the the elder takes her little claw thingy again oh, and yeah, they so line yeah. the girls up. And she's, I guess, penetrating the girls with yeah, this they, little claw thingy. She, obviously. Yeah. Well, she's checking for something. Right. And we figure out what she's looking for when we get to Justine mm-hmm. because she 
you know, puts her claw on her cooch and it comes out bloody. And yeah. she's like, all right, here's the one, I guess, because she's a virgin. Well, not I guess. She was a virgin. Yeah. So She had a hymen. She had a hymen. Hymen was broken. She smears blood on her forehead like fucking Simba. <laughs> and then she gets the 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 dust. Yeah. She conks out and then and wakes then, back up like all decorated and shit in the cage. And they're like, what happened? She's like, I don't know. So they start trying to escape from the cages. They're, they're, one girl was like, boost me up. I can run really fast. And she just gets blowed out. Like immediately her head poked oh, out. Yeah. And she's like, poof. <laughs> Like blow dart straight to the neck, and they're like, "Oh, okay. Well, there's a dude perched up in a tree watching us at all points in time. So, fuck Plan B." And then uh, later, they took a phone. I guess they had a phone, and the uh, what's it? Daniel set the yeah. phone off and throws it. Mm-hmm. And the guy gets down from the tree looking for the phone because obviously he doesn't know what the fuck phone is. And Samantha goes running again, and she makes it to a boat, and then that's it. Yeah, and Samantha is actually the only off scene death. That mm-hmm. that True. exists in the whole movie. You get right. to see how everybody else dies, but you find out she dies because the villagers are handing the people in the cages food, and, and Alejandro's he's just like he's getting it. He's just like slurping it down. What a fucking psychopath! Well, because he's like, we need our energy. He's like, yeah. it's just pig scraps. We need our energy. I'm gonna eat this because everybody's like, how can you eat this? So everybody kind of starts eating it, and then one poor girl in the corner, she's like, well, I'm a vegan. Yeah. I was like, well, do you want to survive? Do you want energy? Or are you just going to, you know, is this it for you? So she starts eating the pig scraps and she's, you know, shoveling them in. And mm-hmm. then she gets to the bottom of the bowl. And it's, there's a, a tattoo because uh, Samantha was covered in tattoos. Yeah. And it's one of Samantha's tattoos. And then she looks up and all the kids are covering themselves with Samantha's they're tattoo so, skin. They're and, such wholesome cannibals. I know. They're so, so cute. So Scout's obsessed with temporary tattoos. So kind of the same thing. These kids are taking the pieces of skin with the no, tattoos on that. it. I love like, that they were like, okay, we're going to take these uh, paintings off of her skin to hand to the little kids so they can play with them. Like, I love that. They're so wholesome. It was so <laughs> funny. Oh, speaking of wholesome. So um, already in this, one of the, the scenes in the cage, the kids come up and they're fucking with the people in the cage and the two girls are sleeping and they like poke a st- snake through the, oh, yeah. the bars I and they're freaking that. out. Like, the, that was the kid's idea. Oh, really? The kids thought it would be funny because they were playing with a little boa. Yeah. And they went up to Eli Roth and they figured it out somehow. And they thought it would, the kids thought it would be funny and asked him basically if they could fuck with the people. And Eli Roth was like, go for it. For sure. So that was, that wasn't planned. Oh, was it real? Yeah. Like her reaction was real. That's great. (laughs) I love that. It was. I love that because it, in the movie, it kind of showed, well, I guess it shows in real life too, that they're not scared of snakes, but they know that we are scared of snakes. Right. And like that, that, that cultural difference is really interesting to me that they know that these snakes are fine, that they're probably not going to do anything to you. But we're like, we have phobias of this shit in the Western world. Cause we don't really see them every day, I guess. Well, imagine how much they learned by being exposed to this. So they, they yeah. probably didn't even think of anything until maybe someone, someone on set or someone in the crew saw a snake and reacted yeah. And they thought it was funny. So right. that's probably why the kids were like, oh, this happens. When they mo- see a snake, this happens. So let's fuck with them. But in movie world, it means that they have kidnapped people before and they've learned that they were scared of snakes. And they're like, oh, the kids were, the kids were like, oh, next time we get people, we can fuck with them with snakes because these white people don't like snakes. Amy sees Samantha's tattoos and she's like, fuck this. And it breaks the, the bowl. 
Oh my god, it happened so quick. So quick. It's like she processed it took her two seconds to process it in her mind, and she was like, fuck this. Smashes the bowl, takes a shard, and slits her throat, and she dies almost instantly. That's yeah, crazy. I mean, she that was a good throat slit, too. Yeah, it, uh, did How we, do we keep we doing keep, this? Yeah, we, oh, we I'm keep, so proud we, of it. We us. got a, a constant rotation of the best throat, uh, throat slits Cause she, on I mean, accident. We're not meaning this. Right. I mean, she just, she, it went deep. Like, yeah. she didn't think about it. Like, she was done. She was like, okay, I'm a vegan. I've eaten meat. I'm eating yeah. my friend, possibly, or they've I killed think, my friend, I think, or my girlfriend. I think, fr- girlfriend, I think it's her girlfriend. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, I'm not going to live with this anymore. So, done. That's quick. And so. I've always seen that in, like, one other movie, and I can't remember what movie it is. It's some foreign film, but the guy comes in and, like, uh, talks to another dude for a second and then just does it in front of the guy, and there's this huge splurt. I had to figure out what movie it is because you had to watch it. It's yeah, insane. let me know. So after Amy dies or Amy kills herself, they're like, all right, well, they're obviously going to eat her next. And Junie pulls out a bag of weed that he got in town and he was like, I got something for him. Yeah. So it's crazy how, how, how far they've degraded, you know, in this short amount of time. Right. Now they're just shoving weed down their friend's dead body. I mean, you, you adapt to survive. (laughs) You really have so fast, so fast. What's he going to do? Smoke it. I mean, so he, they open Justine's mouth and they're like shoving it down in there with a stick and they're just waiting. So they come in, they or not Justine, Amy, sorry. They come in, they grab Amy's body and they start preparing her and they, you know, stuff the torso in the oven. And then all of a sudden everybody's chowing down and everybody's laughing like, fuck. Yeah. They're all playing, rolling around in the grass with each other. People are falling out of trees. Yeah, and they, shit. Uh, the, the entire village is high on marijuana. The guards as were fuck. falling out of the trees. And then like, the little general dude, the yellow faced dude, was like taking his little jawbone knife and he was smacking a fucking arm, like a limb around like it was a pinata. Yeah. He's just like batting at it they're like a, a cat time. with some string. Like they're having so much fun. And the prisoners decide that this is a good time for them to try and escape. Oh, again. Again. And Justine and Daniel get out, but mm. Junie. Hang on. Got to stop you. Oh. Because we missed a gross ass part. Did we? Yes. Which is one of the other, like, really, like, overly vulgar things in the movie. Oh, has this already happened? I know. Yeah, exactly it happened after, he, after she cut her throat. Oh, yes. That's right. Because they're still sitting they're, in they're, the corner with their body. Yeah, they're either, like, they're stuffing the they're stuffing her with weed, and then Alejandro's in the corner uh, jerking, jerking it off. Like violently, yeah. Like, you just hear the like the the faps, the, whatever the fuck the sound. Fap is, is definitely an alliteration. Fap, fap. I don't know if propeller Placid is ass one. Penis. I don't know. If, <laughs> <laughs> do you know what an alliteration is? Oh wait, that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, fap and fop. Wait, wop. That's it. <laughs> I don't know. God damn it. All right. Yes. So he's, we're back. He's faffing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna write we're that song. God, God, we, we got it. Oh, me and, me and Chad show. have to do a WAP parody called Fap. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I like how your inspiration is hitting in the middle. <laughs> Whoa! I just found out my million dollar idea. Okay. Okay. So Alejandro is vigorously fapping in the corner (laughs) and they're like, what the fuck are you doing? We, our friend has slit her throat in front of us. She's dead. We're trying to stuff weed into her body to try to escape and you're jerking off. And he was like, I got to stay sharp because (laughs) stress 
you don't think clearly when you're stressed. So you yeah. relieve the stress yeah. and you think you clearly. And then Daniel's like, you sick fuck. And he was like, yeah, uh, violence is another way to uh, handle stress as well. Right. But I'm going to keep doing me. And then yeah. Daniel so straight up, choking. he straight choke, chokes him. And he's on him. And he's, he, he's, he stabs he's harder. Yeah, like he just it. keeps, he he's it. maintaining God, eye contact. Fucking Alejandro. Alejandro's maintaining eye contact he's, with Daniel as Daniel's trying to kill him and he just keeps going. Like, he and, was already and, and, a closet psychopath and this just like brought him down to animalistic levels. Right. And then the villagers come over with spears and separate him. Like, hey, get off him. And then they see Amy, they, take they Amy. Amy. And they're all high. And, they all get and high. then they then they run for it. Exactly. Well, so Justine gets out. Daniel gets out. Junie's trying to get out. And Alejandro takes a dart that has stuck on the cage as they've been shooting at mm-hmm. them the whole movie and stuffs it into. Oh, yeah, we Junie. see that one miss. Yes, we see that one miss. And then he hits Junie with it. And Junie drops. And he's like, yo, if I'm the last one found in this cage, they're going to eat me next. So I'm going to keep somebody here with me. And Daniel's like, motherfucker, and can't do anything yeah, about it. He he can't, yeah, he's got to go. So he and Justine book it, and they end up at the river. Yeah. Justine falls into the river. Just and, falls, by yes. the way. like She, she jumps was, into the river. She literally just, she tries to grab his hand, but it looks like she just kind of intentionally. It's like quicksand. Like walks off. Yeah, it was crazy. It was insane. It was, I loved, and I loved that shot. Like I thought it was. I thought it was. Well, because Daniel jumps so in fast. and he jumps in. And it's about waist deep, and he crawls over to a rock. And yeah, he's like, and "Come on!" And she true, jumps yeah. maybe a foot out from him, yeah. and she just falls. Goes. Oh man, did and, not expect it. Well, did you know that that scene or some of the stuff you actually that scene, happened? It actually happened. No way. She actually fell. She and, went into the water, and she was getting just pulverized by this river. Oh, so it was was she supposed to go all the way in? She was supposed to go it was a uh it was planned for her to fall into the river, but I think the river was a lot higher or a lot rougher right. because her screams for help were real. Oh man. And they still kept some of that in the movie. She was okay, obviously, and yeah, they got her, but yeah, she movies was are crazy. terrified. This happens a lot in movies. Yes. And it's crazy how much risk is taken to create cinema sometimes just for us to go and talk about it on a podcast for or tear it apart on or tear it apart. yeah for people to give it a fucking 30 they go all the way into the amazon deeper than they've ever gone they hire a whole tribe of people that have never been on cinema like this is an important movie for so it's a beautiful movie for so many reasons and you're gonna say oh there's just too much gore like they went to a fucking amazon forest to film and you know what the tribe people they loved it yeah they loved every minute of it do you know how much they loved it they loved it so much that they tried to give eli roth a two-year-old when he was leaving (laughs) they were like thank you we love you this was amazing here is a a tiny child with that and eli roth was like thank you i appreciate it so much but i i really can't yeah (laughs) This is too much. You've done, <laughs> you've really done too, much. too much. Really, I can't accept I really this can't gift. <laughs> what have you had, though? Because Eli Roth flew to Peru without a kid, and he's going to fly back into <laughs> yeah, America got, he with He got a kid? it with consent from a tribe that doesn't follow our fucking laws. I'm like, just let him have the fucking sure kid. I'm pretty sure the Peruvian natives don't have a notary on site. I don't know, man. I'm just saying, like, there's... He should be allowed to do. I don't know. Maybe, maybe he, he shouldn't just, be allowed to do that. Maybe he just didn't want know. the fucking responsibility that, of a child. Obviously, yeah. Maybe well, Eli Ross. Like, I'm not ready to be I'm a just daddy. Guys. What he did. 
I mean, if he maybe if he wanted to be a daddy, he'd find a way to make it happen. But maybe he was like, no, my life right. is great. I met this actress chick. I'm going to fuck her and marry her. That's true. So I can't be having a kid fuck up my group. They could, he could have started a whole family on this movie. Well, he had. He could have. I mean, he could have had the kid. He could have. Maybe the kid would have kept him together. He went to Peru. A, Maybe a he would have got a director. fucking divorce if he, had, he kept the kid. Went to Peru, a lowly director, and came back a married man and a father, With a child <laughs> of a Peruvian native, of a Peruvian villager child. <laughs> so, anyways, so Justine and Daniel get out of the river and they find the plane crash. Yeah, and everybody's on fucking spikes. Right, it's amazing. Just, they they like they like set up a camp there or something so they could there was torches there was fires. and all kinds of shit so they they found the GPS the GPS's batteries were dead and then they hear little beeps or something and they figure out that somebody's phone is still charged oh yeah and come to find out it's Kara's phone mm-hmm. well she's they really had it out for her because she was like highest up on the bikes like they <laughs> yeah, put her way they up hated Kara for no reason I mean there was plenty of reason but they didn't know those reasons they just fucking stabbed her in the neck with a fucking staff and then hit her in the head. Why do they only kill one? They didn't even eat her. Probably because they looked at her and they're like, yeah, that's yeah, a that's fucking just, cunt right sucks. there. <laughs> like, they just know. They're they're like, they got six senses. They got good intuition. They're mystical. Yeah. So. From meeting so many people. Well, Kara's body falls on top of Justine. Mm-hmm. Daniel helps her up and they stand up and they get blow darted again. <laughs> again. Again. It's like, <laughs> can't at get some point in time. I mean, you're on their turf, man. Come on. <laughs> but how many times can you get a blow dart to the body with some kind of poison that makes you pass out and it doesn't start to affect you permanently? Oh, well, it seems like it's affecting them plenty. <laughs> <laughs> the the blow darts? Yeah, I mean. No, it's just circ- the circumstance in which they get blow darted is know. affecting them. I, I want to know the direct effect of the blow dart. Maybe you're seeing the direct effect of the blow dart. Maybe that's what happens. Okay. Maybe well, you start stop. jerking off and. Uh, slitting your throat. I mean, they're not not acting normal. He's only had one blow dart at this point. So maybe lack of blow darting (laughs) made him more horny than everybody else. Maybe it decreases libido the more you get blow darted. I don't fucking know. He was the only one jacking off and he's only been shot once. So true story. My hypothesis checks out. (laughs) (laughs) I don't hate that hypothesis. It's a good theory. So they end up back at the the village. village. It's not funny, but this is just a movie. I'm allowed to laugh, guys. Yeah, come on. And then she wakes up and she's like in some Mm. kind of weird. Her legs are tied to some shit. Her arms are tied back behind her head. She's got this big old girl slathering her with some grease. I'm sure some people would be grateful to wake up in that situation. Justine was not (laughs) not too happy. Given given the proper like, (laughs) I know with consent. We are PC friendly, guys. Jesus Christ! I don't want to have to say it every time we make a maybe non-PC joke. Okay, I'm, ju- I'm not saying that. I'm just we saying. don't condone rape. <laughs> I'm saying that some people and would enjoy that, and I'm sure they've consented. Okay, that's all I'm saying. We get to bring back the titty count, dude. Not that I really wanted I to. Thought about it. Number one, there were too many titties to count. Yep. Number two, do native titties count? Yeah, of course. Really? Yes, they're people, Chelsea. I know they're people, but so why don't like, the titties you count? Because in school you couldn't read a fucking Playboy from the library, but you could read a National Geographic with titties in it. But it's still titties. Well, yeah, they're still titties. Okay, but there's like educational titties. No, her <laughs> titties are just as much of titties as your titties. Well, you, you see Justine's titties, but the villagers are letting it all hang out for the most part. There's a yeah. bunch of villager titties. Well, I can't count all of those. So we're going to count. That's what I'm saying. I can't count them, but can we count them? 
Yeah, uh, I guess we have to give him like a honorable mention. Honorable, we have to give honorable native all, titties. All, all, honorable mention to all the native titties that there are was, that all their titties matter too, Chelsea. I know their titties matter too. There were a plethora of them, and I'm, I'm, yeah. So we're giving an honorable mention. We're gonna give a good 568 for the for the for the native titties. That's what I'm gonna give it. And so now we're at 569. Well, because we see no 570 because each individual titty counts. Oh, so so I'm changing the number. What's <laughs> multiply that by two real quick in your head? I'm just kidding. We can keep it at five five seventy. Because uh, yeah, because I don't think there were that many. But there wasn't. There's was only like two hundred and something. Big titty count. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't all big titties. Big, titty, a big, moss. T- big titty count. So, anyways, Big Bertha's slathering Justine down with some fucking Crisco or some shit. Uh-huh, Justine yep. wakes up. She realizes what's going on. She starts to struggle, and then they're painting her with the white paint and yep. putting her in the outfit, the ceremonial outfit. Mm-hmm. She looks like a tribes person. Mm-hmm. And then she's yelling for Daniel, and we see poor Daniel. He's tied up on a stake. He's not been impaled or anything. He's just being held up there. Oh, but he's being beat the fuck out of. He's being beat. All of his he's bones being, being sliced. Broken. Yes. And then... Uh, they're slathering this green paste on him. Yep. Looks like dookie diarrhea. It's pretty mm-hmm. gross. Like baby poop is what it yeah. looks like. I'm sure you know what that is, and I'm glad that I don't. Have you never encountered a baby in your life? Not have you never changed a diaper? I have not. What? Ever in my life. Really? Never. Oh, God, I can't wait till you get married and have kids. I mean, I'm be fine. I'm going to be able to take it. I can, ta- I, can, I, can, I can deal with it as having never done it before. I feel like having the friends that we have, it's kind of like having children. Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure we've seen a lot of their poop and probably. vomit and yeah. piss for sure. Uh-huh. I work downtown. True. <laughs> so you probably get it I've more than I up, do. I've cleaned up poop, just so, not in a diaper. <laughs> you, so you working downtown probably means that you've cleaned up more poop than I have having a child. <laughs> so you're probably ahead of me Facts. in that. God damn it. Yep. So, so anyways. Watch yourself. <laughs> they're slathering Daniel with this paste. And next thing you know... Here come the ants. And this part was probably my most hated part of the movie. Probably the only CGI in the movie, right? Because it was CG and it was yeah. so bad. It was, it was so bad. obviously CG. Five, I mean, if he, had, if he had more than $5 million, maybe you got, it could have gotten better CG. That's what you can't get with $5 million. You can get a really good location, which they got, and that was awesome. And you can get really good blood, and you can get a tribe that already has their own wardrobe, so you ain't got to pay for that. But you really gotta you gotta get up into the Avengers money for realistic CG. After you spend all this money on all of those good things that make this movie great, you don't really get a whole lot left for very realistic CG. So I can let it slide. The point was there. It was very jarring, yeah. It was jarring. And I thought I couldn't remember what happened, and I'm like, oh, does he get like eaten inside out? Yeah, also the yeah, the, the gore the the response or the not really response, but the what happens from the ants isn't that it great little, either. Yeah, it was, it was just a couple, Yeah, like we don't. His we face was swollen. He I had thought, some like nod. Yeah, I thought we were gonna get face. some. I thought we were gonna get some like really gross like body horror stuff, and we for really did. For some didn't. reason, I thought that he was already dead. Like I don't know. I don't know where I got this from, but when Justine, because Justine ends up escaping, mm-hmm. um, something happens. So when the elder's about to cut her clit off, someone... Oh, yeah. The other bulldozing team comes. Yes. Yeah, so they're, the villagers the, one are... One of the childs come with a head. 
Yeah, with a with a head. He's like, look what I got. Yeah, I got a head. Oh, speaking of children running with limbs, mm-hmm. so when oh we we missed a kill, we missed Junie's kill. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. After they got the high, munchies. and he was he was laying on the rock because uh, he was asking Alejandro what happened, like how did he get there, and Alejandro's like, well, you tried to escape and they blow darted you, which oh, is yeah. bullshit because Alejandro blow darted him. Yeah. So he's laying there, and these two natives are looking at him, and they're just giggling, and he's like, he's like, thank oh, God yeah. you're high. They're still high, thank <laughs> God. Just... And he's doing all these hand tricks, like the the disappearing thumb or the yeah. detached thumb trick, yeah, yeah. and like the little like wiggly fingers Weird, yeah. trick. And they're laughing, and then they start like trying to nip at him. You just hear like teeth clicking, and she's like, "No, oh no, they got the munchies." That's and great. then they just start so gnawing over the into top him. And great. So he gets up and takes off, and all like the entire village is like swarming him, like yeah. he's one big Cheeto. Dude gets hit, and he just gets torn eaten apart, alive. eaten alive. And mm. then this one kid comes running out with his leg, <laughs> yeah. like this little high ass four year old is like, "I got a leg," and just disappears with. <laughs> it super fucking happy it was it was yeah, pretty great. funny yeah it was good there was definitely comic relief oh yeah for sure and in this movie i think i think that i think that part hit for sure like comedic queen i think the what's the other one that we were talking about that was fucking funny the poop the poop no oh. i didn't think the poop was funny <laughs> i think poop is inherently funny uh not you know regardless of your uh upbringing but i don't think that particular scene was funny i think it was uh tomato tomato it's fine (laughs) so anyways uh justine escapes because the little boy helps her yes while the tribe is trying to little boy kills um Oh, Daniel. Well, she Justine goes to get Daniel down, and Daniel's just like, "Kill me, kill me, kill me." Yeah, and she's struggling to get him. So the little boy understands. He's like, "All your, all your shit's broken." Yeah, you just want to die. Yeah, and he just wants to die. So he slits his throat, and Justine kind of relents, and then they disappear off into the woods. They Justine gets his phone. Yes, Justine has his phone, and then she and the child have a little exchange, and Mm -hmm. she gives him the necklace, and he's pointing her out, and then she ends up right in the battlefield between the villagers and the Uh, the little the little villager kid gets a a no no from his little villager friend friend sister. Yeah, yeah, she's like yeah, whatever native tongue they're speaking, (laughs) they're speaking their native tongue. She gets fucking pissed. The the intent is there; it comes across. You know exactly what she's trying to. uh, So Justine escapes. She crosses over a river, sees a jaguar, which is a good omen. Mm -hmm. Call back to the the beginning of the movie. Um, and then she ends up in the middle. They lead sinners to hell, but they look after other people. Isn't that what they said? Something like that. All of the sin- well, not all the sinners went to hell. Some of them were good, right? Guess- Maybe it was because she's the only virgin. Maybe the point oh, is just to man, be a virgin. Oh man, look at that! That makes sense. Because I was thinking. Boom. I'm like, wouldn't this be, I'm like, maybe this is why everybody needs to not be a virgin because then you're not picked for ritual female mutilation. She was the only one that survived. She virgin was, girl's always the one that survived. But then she was the only one that survived. Yeah. But do so, you really want to survive at that point? She has, to, she has a lot to go through. She has a lot of therapy. Yeah. A but, lot of therapy. I mean, she's, she did good. She did good. So she, she ends up. She do good. She do good. Um, She took, takes uh, Daniel's phone and she's holding it. She can't mm-hmm. get get uh, she can't yeah. make it do anything it's not working it's not working but then she holds it up and she was like i'm an american i'm an american you an phone ambassador. phone yeah. united nations you're being recorded you're being and then they get her yeah and they escort her out and then she's 
you know, obviously survives. She's sitting at this table at the UN, I guess, and they're interviewing her. And she is just saying, like, these are wonderful people. Mm-hmm. I was never afraid. You know, they slaughtered the, the Peruvian people, slaughtered them like cattle. Yeah. And she's just praising this. And then she, oh, when One she gets asks, onto the helicopter, though, oh. um, she gets asked, are there any more survivors? And she's oh, like, nope, because like, Alejandro is like, nope. still in the cage at <laughs> yeah. this point. And he's like, hey, save me. And she's like, mm, yeah. fuck you. And then the helicopter's going off, and she, he's like screaming, like, I'm here still. Yeah. Like, come get me. And he, she's just like, nah, dude. Yeah, no. <laughs> so she doesn't throw them under the bus. Yeah. Speaks very highly of them. One she, of them asks uh, about cannibalism specifically. Yes. And like, have you seen any of that? And she says, no, not once. Good for her. Yeah. And I think that's, yeah, that, that I think that's the whole fucking point of the that's, movie. It came full circle. Yeah. Justine, the newest person to this activist group, ends up being the true activist because she does what they were like, saying they wanted to do, but really she saves a, them she by not throwing them under the bus. So they went to save them in the first place. And Alejandro knew it was a PR stunt and nothing yeah. would be. He was like, all of, it was all for all personal of, gain. Yeah, this, it was personal gain. It's to get my name out there. New bulldozers will be here in two to three days. Like, yeah. all we did was slow down the process, but right. the process is still going to happen. And then he continued to be the worst person in the fucking world. Like, he at one point said, oh, uh, uh, someone died and he was like, it, it, saves up a, it saves us a couple days. You know, it gives us more days. Yeah. Or something like that. Uh, he just continues to show no human compassion when he was the, I mean, he started off as the poster boy for this activist group and he acted like he cared about anyone, but he was completely selfish the entire film. He's a Charles Manson. And then at the end of the film, uh, he, she wakes up. So she has the dream, first of all, which was like, I guess another jump scare and kind of cheesy, honestly. I kind of wish that dream didn't exist. Yeah, but it was, it was in her mind. It was yeah. just saying that it's still on her mind. So there's a flashback. Or yeah. it looks, it's a dream sequence, but we don't know it's a dream sequence. A dream sequence, sequence would be fine. I, I hated the dream sequence. She's back at school and then Alejandro comes up and she's like, he was like, Justine, I made it out. Yeah. And then some weird, like, vampire teeth. And then, yeah, like jagged. And then, yeah, it didn't look good. It to looked me. fake. Yeah, it, looked, it didn't look good to but me. But it was a dream, so it didn't yeah, really have to look. It looked cartoonish. Sure. Uh, and but then she, she wakes chomps up. And on, on his neck and then yeah. wakes up. Uh, and then she goes outside to look at the protesters that are outside, and they're wearing shirts with Alejandro on it. So at the end of the fucking day, he ends up still being the poster child. Like Che. Yeah, Che Guerrera? Yeah, Che Guerrera. Yeah. That style, like yeah. he's a the poster boy for the activism movement on yeah. that campus or something. When he ended up being this completely selfish, like self centered psychopath, piece of shit. Yeah, who didn't care about anybody but himself. Absolutely, and, and acted like he did so he could get uh, accolades and clout and pussy. Pretty much, and he fucking tried to kill fucking Justine for it. Yeah, not even for a good cause, just for his own self. It fuck. Yeah, he's he's just an overall piece of shit. So yeah, and but he also points out in uh in one of the cage scenes, like he's like all of this is connected. Like none of this matters. Like you can try and change the world, but nothing is gonna happen about it. You know, and like that, I don't know that that hit hard in twenty twenty. <laughs> yeah, pretty. I mean, he he said a lot of. He was like, you, you don't. Shit. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. So right after that. After the dream sequence, 
That's and it. That, yeah, that's it. It's yeah, roll that's credits. The end, that's the end of the movie. Oh, um, but then it's... Except it, mm. the, the setup. So there's a phone call. Such a, such a fucking Blumhouse thing to do. Right. I agree. Eli, I, was, I guarantee I did not even look this up, but I, and if so, I'm wrong. Fucking tell me. Eli Roth, you can tell, you can tell me. Jason <laughs> Blum, you can tell me, but I, this has to have been a fucking Jason Blum add-in. You know, like, oh, open it up for a sequel. But there was a sequel planned, and then they nixed it. Oh, really? Yes. I guess didn't do very probably well. the reception, but yeah, there's a phone call and there's some satellite images and they keep, you know, going closer and closer. And basically it's a Alejandra's sister calling Justine and Justine's like, Oh, I don't have time to talk right now. And yeah. she was like, well, I'm looking at satellite pictures and it appears to be my brother alive in one of these satellite pictures. We need to talk. And Hate it's it. him standing there with an all black body I mean, you can obviously tell. Yeah. So it's like he's become part of the tribe, I guess, hate it. or alluding to. Yeah, I didn't care for that at all. Hate it, hate it, hate it. Uh, ruins the fucking final girl and alludes to a fucking terrible sequel that would never be good. There's no way this sequel would ever have been good. Well, there was one person who absolutely loved this movie. Who? Stephen King. Oh, really? Stephen King said the film is, quote, like a glorious throwback to the drive-in movies of my youth, bloody, gripping, hard to watch, but you can't look away. It literally unquote. is that. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good throwback film. It, it is a love story to all of these old horror films, and I think he did it in a very, like, respectful way. He went and took the extra mile. He could have he filmed it all in States, you know? He could have right. made it look like it was the Amazon. He could have made it look like all of these people were tribes, but he actually went out and did it. And I think that says a lot. Like, I think you said not too long. I, you might have said it on the podcast, but like before you try to rip a movie apart, go and make a movie, you know, and see how hard it is to make a movie in your fucking backyard, much right. less taking an entire cast to a, you know, section of the Amazon forest that's never been filmed in before right? and doing all of these things that are like mind blowing and you're just going to shit on it because it has too much gore and you didn't like some of the acting and you think that it's like predictable. Like, no, there's other reasons to watch a movie, right? You know, like everything that's on the film and all of the sounds and all of the like beautiful practical effects that all these people spilt all their time. in. you know, like if it's a bad movie, it's a bad movie. That's fine. But like this movie isn't a bad movie. It's not a bad movie you by just any stretch. Are an asshole. Exactly. You know? I agree. I completely agree. You just think you know better than everyone else, and you know you sit over here and you know you watch your Sus Suspirias and all of this and all of these like artsy fucking horror films that are amazing and I love them, and you think that this is below you. You know that's that's what it is. You think you're better than these fucking movies, and they're just good horror movies. And why can't both exist? I had a great time watching this movie. It's the A24 crowd versus the Blumhouse crowd. <laughs> it really is. And I'm on fucking both teams. And I'm just like, why can't we just fucking make a movie together? And we do all the time. You know, like, or, you know, those like two groups. It just annoys me when I know. people want to shit on these movies for no reason. It all makes me happy, though, that you're so passionate about it. Because yeah. to me, and I feel like we share the same view, art is art. And it takes a lot to put into art a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of, a lot of heart to put into art. Yeah. Um, but it also takes a lot of guts and it's really hard to put yourself out yourself out there like that as an artist and don't knock it till you try it. Yeah. If you are an aspiring filmmaker and you haven't even made a mock trailer yet, you just walk around saying you want to direct movies and you're going to shit on, you know, a work like the green inferno. 
With, Fuck you. I mean, you the, pretentious prick. He put his time in. He made his fucking... He makes amazing movies. Regardless if you agree with that or not, like, he broke barriers with this movie in particular. He's done other things. Like, he's been on different projects that have, like, changed the game, especially with, like, Hostel. Um, yeah, abs- Hostel, it was hard for me to watch Hostel. I know it was a long time ago, but it was very hard for me to watch Hostel and Hostel 2 the first couple times. Now they're some of my favorite movies. The third one's okay. I still enjoy it. I don't enjoy it as much as the first two, but I still appreciate it. It I, still hits a little. I think people went into this movie uh, with an, seeing Eli Roth on the on the bill, and they were they had a preconceived notion of they, you know they were they were familiar with his work, and then they saw more gore, and it, it was already like kind it, of the same movie as the as Cannibal Holocaust, but not really at all. But they could you could make that argument on the surface that it's the same movie as Cannibal, and he just remade it and like took advantage of it and exploited it. The and, most asinine part of all of this is imagining any horror fan saying I didn't like it because there was too much gore. Yeah, right. And like, like you I, sound stupid, right? You sound really fucking stupid. And like, why does it have a thirty-six on Rotten Tomatoes? I know Rotten Tomatoes isn't like the best aggregator, and you don't, you shouldn't take it. You should take it with a grain of salt. But I mean, it does have, it does have some clout. You know, there is, and especially with a larger movie like this, there's gonna have a, they're, they're gonna have a lot of critics on it because there aren't a lot of people like us who are wanting. We do this. We do the horrorist because this is what we love to do. Right. It's a passion project for both of us. If it becomes, you know, a, a main job or a full time thing, even better. But we do this week after week and we pour hours and hours into this because we love it. Yeah. And we love horror movies of In all kinds. Absolutely. Horror. Yeah, like we covered Gerald's game. It's a psychological thriller, right. not too much gore, but we still loved it. Right. We have the capacity to sit down and find the silver linings and what's good and what's bad and you know and bad horror movies exist i'm not saying that every horror movie is is good and you i'm not saying not, i'm not saying you can't say bad things about horror movies i've said bad things about almost every horror movie we've watched and i've right. loved all of but them but we chose to do a podcast shedding positive light right. on all these movies we could absolutely sit yeah, here just, all day and rip horror movies apart yeah, of course and we'd probably and get more views off of it maybe because everybody wants to sit around and listen to somebody talk shit but horror movies are beautiful and the whole like genre is right so and these are the reasons we love horror movies and the fact that horror has gotten to a point where we can take them to a crazy fucking forest that no one's ever filmed in and gone to a tribe that no one's ever filmed before and that done all in of these insane things horror can be, do that eli roth can do right. that because horror has taken him there and that's insane We're, this isn't some huge like high budget movie this is a small budget movie that was still able in, in a niche a, a very niche genre it is cannibal horror yeah like, that is not something that like we don't get five of these a year you know right. this doesn't come out every february like a fucking paranormal movie or fucking whatever is coming out. That's why I was excited about it because you don't hear much about cannibal movies or they're like, this was a true, not not at this level, not at this level, some like B rate movies, but like this one was like done by universal. It was a major production. It was a major production done with cannibals. Yeah. And it was, 
phenomenal yeah, in was, my opinion. It was a and the the feat, just like you said, for him to have gone to an entirely different country and encountered a tribe of people who had never even seen a he movie. He put that before, on film, and you're gonna say you don't like this fucking movie? Exactly. That's a feat in an accolade in itself. For, for him to have done that. Yeah, That's exactly, incredible. 100%. The film was shown at the Dovi American Film Festival in France. Mm-hmm. And somebody fainted. Someone fainted. <laughs> Someone fainted. That's not where it premiered though, right? No, it wasn't no, it premiered, premiered. It premiered at Toronto in 2013, Toronto International Film Festival. Try and appreciate a movie before you shit on it, you know? Absolutely, because like, you can... There's if you go in you... with the mindset, you're going to pick it apart and you're going to find something that you absolutely hate about it. But if you go in with an open mindset, just like we said for Midnight Man, go in with an open mindset, figure out what you like. And then sometimes the things that you don't like are so trivial, just like the CG it, ants. It always doesn't even so matter. trivial. It's always so trivial. Like a, a couple of like wonky lines, which, yeah, I didn't like every line. I thought I thought some things were kind of weird, like. And yeah, the, I didn't like the ants. The fucking Junie laying there screaming at the end of his life. They've got the munchies. That was corny as fuck, but, but it, it was, was comedic funny. relief it, and it was funny. And it's horror comedy. You know, it's like, it's that over the top. That, uh, they had a lot of that over the top, like, but you have purists and elitists and they, they pick that shit apart. But that, that, like that shit's existed shit. in horror. And that's the most, those are the most, if this movie came out in the eighties, it'd be fucking awesome. You know what I mean? Right. Cause it had super quotable, funny lines. That's what people like quote in horror is some of the funnier lines. Like it's what it's, it's those like little breaks we get in the terror that really stick out and like they're always over the top and they're all, but over the top means quotable. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't know. I think you should really give fucking this movie and every movie a chance before you decide you don't like it and really think about what went into it. Absolutely. Obviously green Inferno comes highly recommended by us. Yes. I think it is a great movie. I think it's a great horror movie that I will I've already watched twice and we'll probably watch again in my lifetime. Hell probably yeah. show some people. So, uh, I feel like at this time is an appropriate time to dart it. Yeah. Uh, let's throw, which you might, I, I don't think the sound effects will be as good for this because we're doing the new mics with all the, you know, noise gate and all that, <laughs> but you know, all right. So all it's your turn. Okay. It's my turn. Here we go. Oh my god! <laughs> you want to try that again? <laughs> I think you just—I think you just broke something. <laughs> okay, let me go check. Okay. It uh, it looks like we got the strangers. The strangers. The strangers. Do you know anything about that movie? Oh, man. I think I've seen it. You have? Have you? Have you maybe not seen it? Possibly. Oh, it's so good. Hold on, let me. It's. Fantastic. So 2008, The Stranger. So I I remember seeing this because Scott Speedman, who was in all of the Underworld, or not all of the Underworld movies, but in Underworld. uh, Yeah. I had had a little bit of crush on him. Okay. I get to see him again. But I love masked killer movies. Like, I love The Purge. There's something about masks. Oh, yeah. It takes away the humanity of it all. And also, this oh, this whole it. movie pretty much takes place in one place. It's awesome. It almost it's almost in real time, so it, we really get to like spend the experience with the characters. It's Ooh. it's fun, man. It says inspired by true events. Yeah, not really. I we'll talk about that. I know, I actually know that already. Oh, uh, we'll talk about it next week. 
Sounds good. I can't <laughs> wait to watch it. Oh, yeah, it's going to be great. Uh, so, yeah, go watch The Strangers, everyone, and join us next week while we talk about it. Uh, you can find us on social media, uh, Instagram at The Horrorist, Twitter at The Horrorist Pod, uh, Facebook at The Horrorist Podcast. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Matt Black 78. That's M A T T E B L X C K 78. <laughs> Still my favorite part of the show. <laughs> and you can find me on Instagram at Chelsea Blue Moon. C H E L S E A Blue Moon. Yep. And we have a website called the hyphen horrors.com where you can find all of this information plus all of the, inf- plus all of the show notes and episodes and that's also where you can find a link to our Patreon, which we also have. Uh, and we are up to two Patreon to, people. So we have, at this we have point two, in time. We have two people on our Patreon under the writers tier, which is the highest the tier. The big baller tier. So we shout them out every episode. And this is the first episode that we're starting that. Uh, I'm going to let so. you do it so I can, I <laughs> yeah. can feel appreciated. So, so our newest Patreon member is Ashley. Uh, she just joined thank you so much ashley she just joined uh, i think last week and i'm very happy that you are supporting us in this way you're helping us pay for some ads and shit yes we we will use your money for good things and not alcohol and tattoos so who's our uh (laughs) our flagstone (laughs) our very first first. the person who believes in us the most who is our very first supporter uh that would be uh, uh chelsea that would be me. <laughs> Chelsea, subscribe <laughs> to our Patreon. Uh, I believe in us. So we could figure out like payments and shit and see where all the money went. No, and, I'm still subscribed. Oh, you're that still means subscribed. You're still giving. I'm still putting some money back into this. True that. So, and yeah, I will be maybe, a, a supporter until the day I maybe, die. Maybe, maybe one day I'll subscribe and I'll have to call myself out. <laughs> But thank you so much, Chelsea and Ashley, <laughs> for being uh, on our Patreon. You're welcome. Uh, if y'all want to join our Patreon, you can find us at the Horrors Podcast on Patreon, or you can find the link at our website. And yeah, that's about. And we're gonna start uh, working on merch. Yeah, too, and which is a Patreon perk. Yep. Yeah. So once we get merch, uh, the Patreon members will get it first, and then we'll eventually give it out to the to the public. Uh, and that should be coming up in the next probably probably month. I would hope. Hopefully. Yeah. So look, be on the lookout for some t-shirts, some buttons, some stickers, some... Stiff. Some stiffs. Some stiffs. Stiffs. <laughs> I don't fucking know. I didn't know what you said at first. Some stiffs <laughs> is what I heard. Some stiffs. Like, What's a stiff? That sounds uh. You know like exactly weed. what a stiff is. <laughs> don't play. You're not innocent. All right. This has been the <laughs> Horrors Podcast. I'm Chelsea. I'm Matt. Stay scared. Stay scared. <laughs>